Hey guys. Hello. Today on the podcast, it's just us. Yay. Bianca Kylik and Ellie Noss. Yeah, I'm we, Ellie. You're Bianca, right? That's right. I think okay. so. <laughs> uh, we cover a lot of ground today, you guys. We're talking, we're telling some stories. We're talking about our time off. Um, we're talking about plane rides. We're talking about breast, hotel rooms. Breastfeeding, weaning. Uh, what else? There's something else. I don't Tantrums. know. Tantrums. So much fun. It's really funny episode. Oh, and a really uh, funny story about tampons. And, oh, yeah. And uh, maybe listen during nap time because uh, language gets a little salty. <laughs> We're back. I fe- it feels like we haven't done it forever. That sounded really saucy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't. Um, we've been gone for weeks and weeks, but you guys That's have right. had an episode every week, which we're so, I'm really proud of that, that we were able to yeah. record them all before I know. we all so it, left. It only feels like it's been forever for us and not for you guys, which is... Which is good. It's good that it go, that it feels that way. Um, how are you? I'm good. My husband Adam and my work wife Bianca went to a foreign country this week together we and a, left me behind. We had a rendezvous. <laughs> it was really funny because Ellie emailed me and said um, Adam has to go to Montreal next week, and I was like, "So do I." <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. We went for Undateable. It's a huge comedy festival I had no idea I had never even heard of it before but it's literally like Sundance but for comics and it was really fun we went we had a panel for Undateable which was insane I mean honestly like I sat silent for about 20 minutes while Chris and Brent and Rick did their shtick and When's talked the about first live episode by the way October 9th okay NBC. so the yeah NBC October 9th at 9 p.m and it'll be live I think the first one actually will be live for the East Coast and the West Coast again. And it's going to be an hour-long episode. it'll be an hour-long episode. Adam's been writing it. I know. It was so funny. On the plane, he's like, okay, I got to get to work. I got to write. And then we look over and he's fast asleep. (laughs) 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 So funny. Um, But it was fun. It was fun traveling with him. We uh, we also were with David Finn, um, who plays brett on undateable and um he's the the gay bartender and he he's the british voice the british did, uh the undateable yes podcast episode yeah. a while back and um, it was fun because honestly i've traveled with girls where i didn't talk as much on the plane and i was just <laughs> so looking forward to this five-hour flight with no child it'd be the first time i've flown on a plane without her in a really long time and i mean ellie i was like dreaming about the movies i was gonna watch the sleep i was gonna get and then I ended up yapping with your stupid husband and David for so long that like I turned on a movie and I like settled in and they're like, and in 20 minutes, we'll start our initial descent. And I was like, are you kidding me? This whole flight is already over. So it was fun. We we, we yapped like little girls. What was it like staying in a hotel room by yourself? I sometimes fantasize about this. Yeah, it was really awesome, except and. I don't mean to complain, but I'm going to be a little bit of a complainer. They didn't have any king size beds left. So I got a room with two doubles, which is fine. Like who cares? A bed's a bed. And when you're by yourself, it's a bed. But like I had already made this, this vision in my mind of like stretching out in the king size bed Mm -hmm. all by myself. 
There's something about double beds too that feels lonely when you're by yourself because yeah. you're like, somebody should be in that other bed. Yeah. And also like I just put all my bags on it so it doesn't look so empty. But it was so much fun. And it felt like being back in college a little bit because you had all of these venues like around the hotel. Like our hotel was the hub and then the bar at the on the lobby uh, in the lobby of our hotel was like the host bar. So at the end of the night, after everyone went to see all these shows, like until three or four in the morning, everyone would be there drinking. I did not make it that late. I was like by 1 a.m. I'm like, oh my God, which is even sadder because we were three hours ahead. So that means I made it. <laughs> you were asleep like 8 p.m. <laughs> but I, you know, it's like all the parents, Adam headed up early. It was like the, you know, slowly we would kind of all take off, but it was a good time. And it just felt, you know what? It feels really good. Like I've been to festivals where I wasn't, you know, representing a movie or a show. And it, to me, it always feels a little bit lame because it's like, you're there to kind of be an observer and to, you know, be a patron to go watch the movies or see the acts or whatever it is. And it's really fun to be somewhere where you your show has a panel because they treat you like royalty and you get to like, you know, get special kind of treatment everywhere you go. And um, Adam's been doing the uh, Dave, like he saw Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So every night now he has to like do a bit from oh I didn't see his show did Dave yeah. did Adam see his show yeah, he got to go oh god and so now he keeps like doing bits 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 yeah a lot of bits at our house <laughs> he's funny I love him I love his um killing him softly I think oh. it's his stand-up that's really funny but yeah I love so, yeah. Adam doing Dave Chappelle do it Adam white man doing Dave Chappelle's yeah. version of the white man it's like <laughs> it's like so meta I can't even that's so funny so what um so you you guys before that you were in Michigan we were in Michigan for three weeks and, how was and that? it was great we hopped all over the state we spent a week with uh, my mom's family and then we spent a week with Adam's family and then we came back to LA and we spent a week with my dad's family oh so it was three weeks of family and it was it was really really good She's at such a fun stage. Yeah, I saw like so many pictures of you guys like jumping in the lake. Yeah, and- I want to tell all my girlfriends to that have younger children to like circle 22 months in the calendar. Yeah. Because it's so fun. Yeah. She is like having this darling little foreign exchange student living in your house <laughs> because she doesn't understand everything or like she doesn't completely get the... Well, see, that's that's good to hear because uh, we had exchange students growing up and they were not darling. Um, This is is way cuter. She also, because you'll, I'll sit. So when Adam was gone in Montreal for the week, we had such a great time together. It's like that scene in a movie, like where they go to the carnival and then like there's a big teddy bear. I mean, it was the most romantic little like (laughs) montage week for the two of us because dad was gone, which meant. She was all about me again. Yeah. And we would sit down for dinner and she was so well-mannered and she would talk to me. And again, like foreign exchange student, you understand half of what she's saying. Yeah. She's very secure yeah. in her own language skills. And you're just kind <laughs> of follow along. And I'm madly, deeply, truly in love with her. Mm. I've always, I always obviously love her. But there are these, you know, they're the little like romantic periods. Same with your spouse. It's yeah. like these little moments where you're like, oh my God, I, yeah. I see hearts in my, like their hearts in my eyes right now. Yeah, I know. I, I'm kind of there with Magnolia in this moment because I like cannot stop kissing her and hugging her. And I keep waiting for that moment where she like, 
it's like that's enough mom and like pushes me yeah. away but she's not saying any of that yet so I so I take full advantage of it but um can we talk a little bit about a breakthrough that you had in your relationship with Sabrina and how you were feeling a little bit like oh yeah 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 because I think that was really fascinating to me and then you posted and you, you guys we have a mom's group and I'm not going to give away too much because we keep it very private and it's um and it's important to do that to have a safe place but Ellie did come to like a really cool realization and it changed a lot for you, didn't it? Yeah. So she was a few weeks ago, like just testing me a ton. And I took her to lunch with, we were meeting up with a girlfriend. And when we were leaving, she just kept wanting to throw herself on the ground. And she kept throwing herself on the ground in like the parking lot. And so everyone's looking at us and she's getting filthy and I'm worried about cars. But she thought it was a game or she was testing, you know, her limits. I put her in the car seat. She starts kicking and screaming. Then that little voice again, your friend's about to come out of the store and see that you still haven't left yet, (laughs) that you're still struggling to put your kid in the car and that you're not a great mom, that it takes you 20 minutes to get your kid in the car. And I let that thought go and I stay present and I try and let my face totally relax and she's kicking, kicking, kicking and I'm like, we need to go. You know, let me help you put your car seat on, you know, your straps on. So I do it without... I try to release any sort of tension in my body while I'm doing it. I'm just with her. She's still kicking, 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 fighting. I put the straps on. It clicks. She's kicking, 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 yelling. But I'm sitting there and I'm not dissociated. I'm present with her and I'm looking at her and I'm like, I love this child and she's being wild right now and she's really trying to test me. But like the bigger picture, like I love this little soul. Yeah. And she's kicking, kicking. And then she goes, all of a sudden, she looked at me and she goes, sorry, mama. Hugs. (laughs) And it was like, ah. So cute. It was so good. Yes. Sorry, mama. Hugs. (laughs) And to get a sorry mama without any sort of guilting involved. Yeah. It was so great. You know, and and I think it's so awesome when we are honest and tell the stories that um, tell our stories um, and and are honest about the feeling. I mean, I love you saying like that you were that that thought came up of like <laughs> the friend's going to come out and <laughs> see that you're still here because that's that's like that's that's like if you look like the crux of our experience is that we're trying to do this thing and yet at the same time we're so worried about what everyone else thinks about how we're doing this thing and you know just you going and even posting that story on Facebook it speaks to such a larger audience and it's like I had the other day and Magnolia would not sit down in our car seat and I just remembered you saying like sometimes it's difficult and I get it because sometimes you have to be somewhere and then there's, mm-hmm. and there's a rush. But I do think that that also can teach us to maybe plan to have a little more time. So we're not rushing our kids. So we're not trying to push them. Go, 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 go. I mean, there's always something to go to next. And, um, you know, a couple of times Magnolia has really tested me in that way. And she was, she does not want to sit down in her car seat. She stands mm-hmm. in it. We're still rear facing. So yeah, it's too. even, it's like, like the arched back. Yeah. Oh. And I just said, okay, uh, that's fine. You don't have to sit, but you're you're going to have to sit eventually. So I'm just going to wait here until you're ready to sit. 
And she did this like fake out thing where she like would bend her knees and then pop back up. And then she'd just get this big shit eating grin on her face. I'm like, you little stinker. Like, you know exactly what you're doing. But eventually when she didn't sense any resistance or tension in me, it was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to sit now and it's going to be my choice. And that was simply because you shared your story that I was able to kind of sit in that moment. And and it, it's such a powerful feeling when you're not rushed. Mm-hmm. And I get like, sometimes that's inevitable and you can't help it and you are rushed. Um, but even in those moments, because like the, the fact of the matter is, is you're rushed or not, you're not going to get out of there any sooner if you force it and get super stressed out. You're That's actually going to get out. Right? Like yeah. it's not even the action. It's our feelings about the action yeah. that end up being problematic because yeah. they are sensing our – they want a reaction from us and they are sensing, you know, if if I can just take her out of the situation and not have feelings about it, yeah, then – then they're on to the next moment and then they're pre- because they're present in every moment. So they're like they're on to the next thing. If I hold on to it, she feels that and it's icky for yeah. both of us. They're so sensitive. I mean, they're just like I had a couple of things happen this past week that made me realize how much Magnolia is really understanding of what I'm saying. I, I, she she was playing with my breast pump because I came back from I'm almost there. I'm almost to the end of my breastfeeding, but I I did have to pump once on our church, which was, by the way, such an amazing luxury because I'm so used to having to pump, uh, you know, every couple of hours. And um, so I got home and I unpacked and my breast pump was sitting on the floor and she figured out that if she pushed on it, she could turn it on. And wow, that's really cool. And it makes this amazing noise. And then she left it there and she walked over to me. And as a throwaway, I just kind of said like, oh, Magnolia, maybe want to turn off the breast pump. She walked back over to it push the button and turn it off. And Mike and I just looked at each other we're like, wait, whoa. Like that. Isn't that crazy? They understand they so understand much. They understand so much. And, and how old is Magnolia for the listeners? She's, she's, she'll be 16 months in a week and a half. Yeah. Um, so, she, you know, she, it, it really kind of opened my eyes the last couple of weeks where there's some been some stuff happening like that where it's like we think because they're not clearly communicating what they want and like we have difficulty sometimes communicating with them. They still understand mm-hmm. a hell of a lot more and just even in vibes or or energy. I mean, Mike and I got in a really heavy-duty discussion the other morning and Magnolia was just sitting on the floor playing with us and I saw her get up and like wander out of the room. And I'm like, I wonder where she went and came out to the kitchen and she was like, I couldn't find her. I started to freak out. She's like hunkered down by the sink, just sitting playing quietly. And I'm like, she just didn't want to be in there mm-hmm. while we were clearly not upset at each other, but our but our energy was raised. We were, we were passionate yeah. about what we were talking when about. When she's in her 20s, she'll do that again. She'll like go into the kitchen, but this time she'll just have like a pint of ice cream <laughs> as you get older. And a shot of vodka. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they, they're, they are, they're so in tune with us. And it's like, if we can just remember that um, and just take a beat to center ourselves. And then, and the fact that they're doing it sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just like fun and exciting for them. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, well, get off my back. I want to keep doing this thing that yeah. you're saying is dangerous. But I think it's pretty awesome to be standing on the table because I get this amazing view of the backyard. Yeah. Like, get off my back, mom. And sometimes they do want – she does want a reaction from me. And I, I had struggled for a bit with mornings because she would wake up and want me to come in there. 
And then she like wouldn't get out of the crib. <laughs> she wouldn't. Why the hell are you waking me why up, child? Are you waking me up. <laughs> and she wouldn't get out of the crib, and she, or she did. She wouldn't want me to pick her up. She'd lay down and roll around, and then it would hurt my back trying to peel her off the mattress. She like wanted and I was you like, to this bear is witness. Resistance. This is resistance, and it frustrated me. Then I realized, oh. When she's doing this, she knows as long as she's in the crib, I am 100% her audience. Yeah. And that I'm not focused on anything else. Yeah. So like that's part of her, um, it's not resistance. It's like, oh, mommy is totally focused on me as long as I stay in the crib. Yeah. So crazy. Um, So now I just like created silly little play thing so like every morning I'll come in as like a different character or animal I mean it's so strange but it's really fun and playful or like tickle her through the little bars or um put her stuffed animals in different parts of the room that surprise her or, yeah you know. you know one thing that I have really um I guess become aware of this these last two weeks um is I was watching Magnolia do something that was that was frustrating to me because I was I probably, you know, trying to get something done and um she kept going and finding I I think it we were reorganizing the playroom and I was trying to get everything put away and it's like everywhere that I put something it got pulled out, right? It's like you can't you just can't win. And um it suddenly occurred to me how brilliant it is um with children, especially very young children, that every moment is an opportunity for fun and celebration. And I thought to myself, like, what if we all lived our lives that way? And obviously there's crap that happens in life that makes it very difficult. But like, even if you can't live your life that way every day, if you can bear witness to your children living their life that way, it's so phenomenal. And and it turns the, it turns the, the page or turns, what's the expression? Uh, it, it, it takes you from one end of the spectrum mm-hmm. to the other, I think, to, to realize like this is what they're doing. They're not trying to make life more difficult for you. They're not trying to, to be little assholes. They're just, everything is an opportunity for fun. Mm-hmm. It's an instantaneous party in a box wherever they go. I have an example of that. Please do. Uh, <laughs> Sabrina's been digging in my purse lately and I sent you that one picture of she had I went to the restroom, I came out, and she had pulled my sunglasses out of the case and it had them on her face and she looked so serious and it was like the cutest, funniest yeah. thing ever. But then a couple days ago, she got back in my purse again and she had pulled out a clean t- tampon, obviously. I don't keep dirty tampons in my purse. <laughs> hope not. <laughs> I love that I had to clarify. It was clean people. <laughs> Tony, oh God, our Tony. sound editor is just like dying. Oh um, <laughs> I just got so nervous. <laughs> so she pulled out the tampon and she had taken it apart and she was using the bottom half that is just sort of that little cylinder, that long yeah. cylinder. You know what I'm talking about, Tony. The applicator. Yeah. But not yet. That sticks up in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? The applicator. <laughs> the pressure part. I know, but the whole part's like the, the top the right, shell right, right, is an right, applicator. Right. Got it, yeah, yeah. She was using it as a whistle. And I thought... No! <laughs> <laughs> and I thought... <laughs> I thought my child is a genius. 
We need to get her an improvisation class immediately. Her, oh my god, that she's this creative with That's <laughs> how so she amazing. uses objects exactly. But I will never uh, see tampons in the same way. I know, <laughs> and that's like that's the point. Okay, we're on a orb in the middle of nothing that's made up of gases and water and it's floating and we everything is so serious and I think like we've gotten like little lemmings following everyone like nine to five nine to five I mean clearly here in LA everything's a little bit different and skewy but it's still like you know we're in the trenches like doing everything that everyone else is doing and it's like our kids they just buck that and they're they are like sparkly thing over here and they're off mm-hmm. and um i'm reading uh lean in by cheryl sandberg which yeah. everyone should listen to it's so good and she talks about <clears throat> she used the phrase buck expectations mm. and i was like that's so good yeah. yeah buck the expectations and buck like the the expectations that you should be a certain way and you need to get things done on a certain timetable yeah. things need to look yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, and uh, the thing that I love right now with Magnolia is her, her phrase of the moment is mama. Whoa. <laughs> and what's so great about that besides the fact that she like is turning to me to be like, look at this thing is that she says my name. And so it grabs my attention and I'm trying to, in that moment, go with her to whatever it is, because I feel like that's like somewhere along our our journey of becoming adults or growing up, like we lose that fascination and like the Mama, little wow. Mama, wow. The sense of wonderment. <laughs> I know. They're so fantastic. And it's, I think like we do, we get, we can get trapped in the, you know, the lemming march of like, I got to get to this, to this, to this, to this. And, you know, we miss these opportunities that our kids provide for us. Yeah, like pull us back in. You know, blow on a tampon whistle. <laughs> do you want to take a break? Yeah. back okay so I have to tell everyone a story okay I was coming back from Michigan with Adam and Sabrina and as everyone knows who listens to this podcast my husband is kind of like Mickey Mouse to my daughter (laughs) like there's just no competing and I've learned it and I've been so much happier since I've accepted that we can't compete for her attention right? when daddy's around. It's just he's going to win, and that's okay. And so, you recognize that it's also going to come back around to you once yeah, like – like he goes to Montreal, and then I get to be yeah. Minnie Mouse. But also so. as she gets older. Yes, exactly. Yes. No, we're, I'm feeling very secure in our attachment. Awesome. So we're on the plane. We She's young enough still where we don't have to have a seat for her. Mm-hmm. So she's sitting in daddy's lap. Like the whole plane ride. And this is kind of wonderful what? for me too. I'm like, I hate you so much right It's now. so great. Because <laughs> once awesome. I gave into that, I was like, oh, wait, no, I can do other stuff. Like yeah. I can work on the podcast stuff. So I was listening to an episode or I was listening to an Audible book, which was No Bad Kids by Janet Lansbury. And – I'm listening and listening and listening and they're playing and having a good time and watching Frozen on the iPad and it works out, okay? Yeah. We land and this man stands up. He's like probably in his 60s and he um, he goes, I just got to say, your husband is incredible. 
he is the best father I have ever seen. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. I know. Isn't he great? He's like, no, 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 really. He is such an incredible father. Like he really, I mean, I just watched the whole time and he was so, you know, doing everything with her and you are so lucky. I'm like, I know I'm really lucky. No, like you're really, really like he like won't pushing it. So then I start. So I go from being like, yeah, I am so blessed to like, wait a minute. Like, (laughs) and I start feeling crappy. And I start feeling defensive all oh of a sudden. Because <laughs> I'm like, wait, do you think I'm a bad mother? mother? Like, because he, what this man saw was a, a woman listening with her little headphones to something. And I get defensive because, as I mentioned right. earlier, I'm listening to Lean In also, <laughs> which is like all about, you know, job equality and women in the workforce. Right. And how we have to lean in and we can't do everything and how, you know, we need our spouse's support with child rearing, et cetera. So I got so defensive then. And then I have to like check that because then I start feeling defensive about feeling defensive because I'm thinking like- Oh my God, you you just downward spiral. Downward spiral. And I'm like, yeah, he's he's great. He's great. I should just leave. I should just go disappear in a vault. No, I don't say that. But I'm kind of like, yeah, he's wonderful. And he goes, and then he's exiting the plane. He goes, no, like that, your husband- You should give him a medal or something. (laughs) Did you feel like he was saying it in a way where it was a little uh, button pushy? Or did you you think he was honestly just innocent in his intention? I think he was just like, wow. Yeah. I can't believe that you're able to sit there. Yeah. And your husband does this. And he said he deserves a medal. (laughs) And And I had so many different thoughts. I deserve a medal, motherfucker. (laughs) so many things going on at once because I'm like there are so many moms who struggle on planes and like have their kids with no one ever says like she deserves a medal it's just expected you're so right you're right I know and that made me nuts yeah and then I kind of wanted to take them aside and be like look so what I've you know I've done a lot of soul searching (laughs) and what I've discovered through this journey is that I need to let them have their relationship and I can be present (gasps) for it but I don't yeah but I don't have to like try to compete yeah yeah and I want to be like so we figured this out (laughs) and it doesn't mean that I'm like an absentee mom like god this is so funny so did you talk to Adam about it did you afterwards and then that was hard because I was saying I was like yeah no you are so great and I didn't want to I didn't want to take it away I didn't want to take it away from him and I didn't want it to become something that I was annoyed about right I wanted it just to be a compliment for him right and what Adam but Adam was like were you annoyed by that (laughs) clearly I'm not a very good actor (laughs) I was like no I mean I feel like he laid it on pretty heavy but no and he goes Adam goes well the funny thing to me was that the whole flight I this you know Sabrina would drop something and the guy wouldn't pick it up and at one point it was like on next to his shoe and I just like picked it up next to his shoe and I got so frustrated with this man because I was thinking the whole time that he was annoyed about our child oh about Sabrina oh my god so he had invented this whole thing in his head that this guy was like the villain of the plane and then the guy I feel like everyone who travels with kids right there's always like the villain there's always the person that you're like oh they don't want us here and this is I just feel like in life we do that in general it's like you just do a snap judgment about what someone's thinking or doing or whatnot I mean I do that all the time I do that actually more now than I ever did and then they always end up I mean they're not always but for me a lot of times yeah they end up being like 
your champion or something. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, whoa, I was totally wrong about yeah. that. Oh my God, that's so funny. So he was hating him. It yeah. turned out to be great for him and not so good for you. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> and then, and I said, and I got defensive. And I was like, but I, at least, I was working. But if a man was working, if a dad was working and it was a mom and kid playing together, it would be totally normal. But that the mom was working and Adam's like, yeah, but your work looks weird because you're listening to something on your phone. Yeah. And, and so it doesn't, he wouldn't right. have known that I was working. Right. And I was like, well, who cares? And, and Even who if cares? I was just sleeping, if you would just, fine. yeah. If you were like masturbating, I mean, who cares? Yeah, who it's cares? Your- <laughs> if I was masturbating, if, like, I would do it under a blanket at least. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, that was a terrible <laughs> joke. I want to apologize to all our <laughs> listeners. I don't. Well, I think if I think if you take the time to masturbate, great, good for you. If you have the time to do that, <laughs> whatever. No, I don't. I think um, please don't do that on planes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my public service announcement. Don't join uh, the Mile High Club by yourself on a plane. No, well, um, or do. Um, but I have to say that I. It's so interesting because I I am normally the one who has Magnolia. I mean, Mike really tries to help out, but he's just not the, at that place right now. And she's, you know. He, we'll have all these little baggies and I'll be playing with her and even when she goes to sit on his lap it's like I'm still kind of over there doing Mm -hmm. stuff um and you're totally right like no one has ever said to me the the best that we've gotten is like someone's like she's so well behaved I want to be like Mm -hmm. yeah because my ass does not rest on this five-hour flight no and so that's such a funny story it's especially funny because it's you and just your downward spiral mentally my neuroses neuroses is so funny well and I also want to be like did you not notice when I was walking her up and down the aisle (laughs) for 20 minutes like did you not notice when she was sitting in my lap because but they don't notice because that's the expectation buck expectations right and I was talking to my husband about this this morning because I was like I'd like to share this story is that cool with you and then the best part was 10 minutes after we talked about the story and and he said the thing about like you know your work thing you know someone people wouldn't know that that's what you were doing we got an email back from Janet Lansbury the author of No Bad Kids the Rye Specialist saying that she would love to be a guest on Atomic Moms that's so awesome so that time that I spent listening to that and letting my husband and daughter have their bonding time paid off for all of us. Yay! See? It all works out in the end. Always. Which I had written to you. I knew that you had read the book at some point, but I, I couldn't remember yeah. if it was you or someone else. And I was like, we should have this. I found an article by her and I was yeah, like, we should have this me, lady like, on because yeah. she's awesome. And I've been online reading up on a lot of stuff because I've been going through my own personal hell. Oh, good. (laughs) Which I've written to you about a lot because I feel like this weaning of my breastfeeding has been going on for a year. I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum on the podcast. It was my birthday in March when I was cutting back a little bit, but I finally have gotten down to one feed in the morning and... As soon as I kind of hopped, I think it was like two days after I cut down just to the one feed, all hell broke loose and I feel like I lost my mind. And, you know, I mean, there's things that people talk about. Yeah, you hear about like the depression and, you know, but like what I wasn't prepared for because I'd already had a little taste of the depression is this fatigue. And Mm -hmm. it was like, and it still is, by the way, because I still have it a little bit, um, like, honestly, I'll be sitting there and feel like I'm going to black out. I get so tired. Like, where I I cannot keep myself upright any longer. Um, and then I just got crazy, 
crazy depressed. Um, I started having these really morbid feelings about like life and feeling like something was going to happen to me and I wasn't going to be here to raise Magnolia. Mm -hmm. And I started to like then spiral even more to where I thought that this was a premonition I was having and not Mm -hmm. just some weird, you know, hormonal Mm -hmm. shift. And then I got really obsessive about it. And, you know, it's nuts. It's something that is different to each person. I know you said you kind of lost your your shit when you um, weaned. I remember, I keep thinking, and this is what's kind of like helped me transition through it. I just remember you coming in. We worked out one day together and you came in and you was like, I finally feel like me again. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so that moment is coming. It's I just have coming. to get through it's like coming. this part of it. But um, oh my god, it's so hard. And it's and so I hard. have weaned so gradually. No, I did too, though. Right? Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe people should just rip off the band aid and then put themselves in a padded room for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> because well, I weaned so gradually, also, and it just hit me, man, so hard. And I didn't even realize like how nuts I was, or I thought it was also her first birthday, so that was yeah. yeah. You did it around like a very sensitive time, and also just the the um the the fact that like it's letting go in this article that I read that I will post up on Facebook which was so beautiful and talked about how it's the last phase of giving birth to this child it's the last connection your body has with the nine months 10 months that your child spent inside Mm -hmm. of you and I was like oh my god it's so true it's like you're really you're really letting go of your baby and I, you know, this morning, this week, I'm slowly kind of just winding down. So each um, couple of days, I'm doing a little bit less. So like today was 20 minutes. And when I went to go like pull her off, she like clung to me. And (gasps) it was awful. I mean, it's just awful. And I get, I feel guilty about, um, oh, that was another thing that's been happening is this guilt of like, how am I doing as a parent? I'm not doing enough for her. I'm not doing enough for me. It's just so much stuff. Um, and so, you know, there is fortunately a lot of good stuff online, but even then it's like, you know, I was so concerned about this, like feel this morbid feeling of that I was, something was going to happen to me that I was researching that and trying to find something specific about that. Um, I did find some moms had written about that, that they had gone through fears of something happening to their child. I Ooh, didn't probably find like the something. separation. Yeah, I think so. And I, and I was I think, going through that, but that's because I just watched season one of True Detective. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really will do it to yeah. you. Yeah, yes. Um, that's, and then we talk about this all the time, like the, the stuff that you choose to take in mm-hmm. visually, um, TV shows, movies, it can really um, affect you. And, you know, so I've been really trying to watch like positive stuff mm-hmm. and look at positive images and um, – but I totally lost my train of thought. But, but I was the say. hormone thing, like the idea, that feeling of dread. Yeah. I would get that also when I was nursing towards the beginning. Like I would get I heard this that. great, and people get it with depression, right? But like I, anxiety is my thing. <clears throat> it's my it's my thing, guys. I actually copyrighted it. It's, all, it's mine. But I would sit on the couch and nurse, and I would get, th- it was like this crazy thunderstorm which is like yeah. come over me and it was that feeling of dread like that something horrible, horrible was about happen. to happen and you're like nothing's changed all I did was whip yeah. out my boob yeah and then that went away but that just shows to me that like the, our hormones are everything when it comes to yeah. like, the way that we 
perceive things. Well, and also I think it's really hard when you're having those feelings or you're going through it, it's really difficult to say like, how how could this be my, just my hormones? Like how could your hormones make you feel something that feels sometimes so physical? And and it, you guys, it's totally true and it's and there's you know you can read up on it and um, I mean I certainly am aware of that because I've had a lot of issues with um, my thyroid which is affects you hormonally and um, it can it can fuck your shit up sorry for the for the foul language but it's the truth like you can it can make you believe anything it damn well pleases and it's it's so scary and it's and it's so hard and especially yeah especially when you're trying to do a good job as a parent and you know um the other thing that kind of has evolved out of that is that um you know we were sitting here talking about the pinterest moms a couple episodes back and um i suddenly got felt really, really inferior to people that I know and friends of mine and, you know, people that I follow on Instagram who are like out there doing it. And, and it's so, it's so, I'm so glad you're saying that because you're out there doing it and everyone's looking at you. But I don't feel, it suddenly you don't feel like I am. I feel like the female lead of a TV show on NBC (laughs) and um, you have a pretty incredible podcast. You're doing it. Yeah. But I think it's always, it's always easier to find someone. hear you say that. Say it again to me. So it makes me feel. (laughs) I feel like I'm, I'm not doing nothing. I feel like I'm, I feel like I am sucking at a lot right now. And, um, and that I, that like it, that even it's just so difficult to even wake up and kind of get going in the morning. Like that, that just is, I feel ashamed of that, that it's that hard. Um, and I realize that that is where I'm at mentally and hormonally, emotionally because of what I'm going through. Um, but it's really hard when you're in it to, to separate that, to, to, to realize like this is caused by something else. And it doesn't even matter that much. I mean, it matters to know why, but it doesn't really help it. Like yeah. I could say, oh, I'm nuts right now because of my hormones. Well, I'm still fucking nuts. Well, like, and also it's not like it something you sucks. can really like say to other people because most people aren't going through that and don't right. understand it. It's not like you can say like, hey, I have the flu and I'm vomiting everywhere. Like then people are like, oh, you should stay in bed. Right. Um, but when you're going through something like this, everyone kind of looks at you like, okay. I mean, yeah. you know, it's hard. So uh, I, I feel much better this week. And the one thing that I um, – you know, recommend and that I feel like is help helping me a lot. It's like you have those things that we always talk about that you can turn to in moments where it gets really thick, which is like your meditation practice or um, somebody recommended to me, uh, one of my teachers that uh, get out on the earth with your bare feet for 20 minutes um, if you can all by yourself, even if it's like the muddy dirt patch, you know, in the road outside, whatever it is, anywhere that you can connect with dirt, beach, sand, anything, um, beach and sand are the same, but whatever. Um, and, and just, sometimes there's grass, there's like lawns or sticks, okay. like sometimes there's, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the point is to connect with the earth and not have any, any distractions and to just listen to the sounds of the earth, whether it be the wind in the trees, whether it be the birds, whether it be, um, you know, the ocean, I'm telling you the first time I did it for 20 minutes, it, it just flipped the switch. Like I was like, Oh God. I mean, it didn't hurt. I was in Mexico and I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. Some poor mom out there is like, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And then it's like, Oh no, yes. I'm hearing you. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, and, and try and also, and then all this sounds kind of silly and maybe a little, um, um, sexist, but, uh, I don't know if sexist is the right word, but like try to put on something really light colored and flowy. 
um, because there's something very soft and feminine about mm-hmm. being in clothes that billow or that um, move around you and make you feel very soft in your nature. And as women, that no matter how much hardness we need to drudge up to be in the workplace or to, you know, go up for those things that we want or that not hardness isn't the right word, but like, you know, it's masculine energy versus yeah, the feminine energy. Yeah. That's not sexist at all. Yeah. It's like, I feel like Jill spoke about that. Yes. Yeah. When we had her on our yeah. intuitive, she was talking to me about tapping into my feminine power. Yeah. And but Part I was, of that is touching into like our softness and like accepting that. Yeah. And, like, and I was saying mostly with the feminist stuff like um, or sexist stuff, I guess, is like putting on a dress or putting on something. But it, it, it's more important that whatever you wear in those moments where you kind of connect with the earth, that it flows and moves around you because that, that is the feminine energy. It's it's flowing. It's moving. It's uh, it's a, it's it holds the space. Um, that's beautiful. So, yeah. So that's my. Uh, I won't wear my skinny jeans. Is that what we're probably saying? Probably not a good idea. Not a good idea. <laughs> Um, so yeah. I think that's great. I'm going to do that today. And Go. then I'm going to be annoyed because I'm going to stand on my grass and be like, ugh, our dog pisses on this grass. <laughs> <laughs> But you like you have a park near you. Like go, yeah. go be in the park. I mean, the point is I'll just probably get tetanus it. from some okay. needle. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. Um, I'm gonna do it. That's good homework. It is good homework. Very uh, much do it. It's really good homework. I've been trying to have more fun, more lately. fun, and and more just like allow myself softness to have fun. and stillness, and also sometimes just try not to talk so much. Like mm. you know, which is hard for us because we do it for a living, and also like the podcast, but. Um, but silence is, silence is golden and it, and it does, it, it's makes such a difference when you just kind of sit still in a space and don't feel the need to like interject or have something, you know, to share. Like when you kind of just sit there and hold, or, or even just at home, just be quiet by yourself. You know, you know, you've done a seven day silent retreat, right? Yeah. Was it seven? Yeah. You talking right now quietly just really relaxed me. I know. I felt like there got to be stillness in the room. Let's take a break. Hi. Hey. So we have a we have a guest this episode. We didn't say we had a guest, but we do have a guest for a one little short like minute. eighteen pound guest. Can you say hi? <laughs> <laughs> say hi. Aww. Can you tell everyone that now you're a big girl? <laughs> Can you say, Mama? Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> she's like smiling she and leaning. Say, Mama! Whoa! Mama. <laughs> Heart yeah. melted. Okay. Well, she's very tired. She had a very a very big music class. Were you dancing and singing? <laughs> she's like <laughs> taking big breaths like she's going to say something in the mic, but then she then she stops herself. It's okay. We're forcing you, and that's all right. And there's and there's people in our house, mm-hmm. and that's kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you so sing happy. a song? Oh. <gasps> Did you sing the itsy bitsy spider? (laughs) She's doing the raindrops. Oh, raindrops. All right. Can we say bye? Say bye, everyone. Bye. Oh, she's so (laughs) darling. Love you. you. The cutest, sweetest little voice. Don't worry. Their voices are so cute. They're They're so cute. What's your mom's session? 
right before we left for Michigan, I realized that Sabrina would not be able to sleep in the pack and play anymore because she's too big for it. Yeah. And I was afraid she'd climb out of it. So I went on Facebook, asked some girlfriends from my original Mommy and Me group, and they all raved about the Lotus Everywhere crib. I have it. You have it? Yes. Okay. So it's um, if you go to guavafamily.com, it's the Lotus Everywhere crib. This thing, it pops out in 15 seconds. It goes in your back. It creates a little backpack so you can carry it on the plane. And you don't need a mattress. And the best part is, is that it's all the way to the ground. So it's higher. It has more depth. So she's not climbing out of it. Yeah. And she loved it. And also has this cool little zipper feature where you can zipper open the side. So it can crawl in so and out. So it can crawl in and out. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And you know what else? When we took it with us on vacation, we would pack it up. It was It's so quick that not only would we use it as the crib at night, but then we would pack it up and take it to the beach. So then you, you had a little place for her to take a nap. I mean, this was also when Magnolia was smaller and we wanted to keep her contained. But it's awesome. And I, I love think it. they sell canopies and stuff for the sun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. And it's a carry-on size. So you could literally, if you didn't have too much, take it with you on the plane if you're worried about losing it or whatever. It's and great. I love the little video they have on the website where they show this cute little family like going over to a friend's house and then they like pop it open and then they all have glasses of wine. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it's so cute. And you're like, yeah, I want to be social. I'm going to take my Lotus crib with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the power of marketing. Um, Okay, Mom Bomb. This has long been uh, Reiner and Maria Rilke is my favorite poet since as long as I can remember. Um, He has a great book called Letters to a Young Poet, which I feel like you can turn to at any part in time in your life when you're going through good stuff, bad stuff. Um, But he has this quote that I think kind of, especially with what I've been going through with the breastfeeding and weaning, that really spoke to me and, and has kind of helped me. And it's, let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. You know what's insane? What? That's the very opening of my book. Is it really? That's the first quote I have. Ah, I love him. Say it again for everyone. It is so incredible. Let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. Um, One more time. I can't handle it. I love it so much. (laughs) We should put it into a song. Yeah. Let's not read it again because I don't want to lose lose the the power of it. But I will say. (laughs) I love that you humor me. Like that you're like, well, uh, no. No. One more. But it's, you know, we're we're always in transition and, you know, and I think that's the the best thing you can always tell yourself when you're in the middle of any crisis or situation where you just feel stuck is that it's everything is in motion. It's it's all fluid. You're not going to be here forever and whatever you're going through. Um and that I tell you has been so important and powerful to me countless times already in the beginning of this parenting journey because you hit places where you're like, when is it not going to feel like this? And the answer is very soon. It just feels like it's taking forever because you're in it. So remember, guys, we got your back. We're here. And remember to trust in your goodness. Live out your greatness. And rock on. Atomic Moms. If you like listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the sideshow network have launched a new youtube channel called wait for it it's got interviews with comedians like reggie watts todd glass 
Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger. I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.